But uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery from sex addiction, compulsive overeating. I so had fear as I was pulling this up that it was going to pop off and smack me in the face. Um, that would have been awesome. Um, but um, Angel Tree is awesome. I love Angel Tree. How many of you guys have been in prison? Don't, share, don't raise your hands. You guys have been in prison before, and it's an opportunity for us, a recovery department, to really step up and give back. To give back. And I bet that when you were in prison that you wished there was something, uh, somebody that would have been able to give a gift to your child because you weren't able to because you were in prison. And so it's a great opportunity. My wife and I have done that. We've had expectations. We're in a small group. And uh, we brought over these gifts and the whole small group was there. And I talked to the lady beforehand, set it up. And uh, she wasn't able there to, to be there to receive the gifts, and then her mom was there, which was fine, uh, but she only spoke Spanish, and I'm gringo, so I, I couldn't talk. I didn't know what to say. I was like, hola, because you just speak louder, right? They understand that a lot more. Um, no, and so all my expectations had to go out the window. We gave them the gift. We said, Thank, you know, you're welcome. God bless you, and uh, that's pretty much all we could say, and then we left, and uh, we prayed for him and all that kind of stuff, and it was just a really cool opportunity, um, and maybe you uh, have been blessed and gives you an opportunity next week to grab uh, somebody, grab a family, and um, get together. If you're a part of an open share group or if you're part of a step study that you guys would come together as a group, maybe, and sponsor one of those families, it'd be super, super awesome. So... With that being said, tonight we are talking about steps 10 and 11. Last uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Spartzla, and uh, that's just a way to have your 11th step, your conscious contact with God. And uh, we're going to talk really about step 10 right now, which is having that daily inventory, which that can be part of your Spartzla. So if you don't know what Spartzla is, go back and listen to it. It's on our podcast, it's on our YouTube channel. And uh, you guys can definitely listen to that. But um, tonight, I just want to read this out of the big book, and this is what it says. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It would continue, or it should continue for our lifetime. And that's out of the big book of AA. Just think about that. Because when I got into the recovery, I got into recovery to get my wife off my back. I went through my first step study. I'd been a part of my open share group, and I was like, I'm done, I graduate! Yes! And then that principle, that thought is, oh, dude, I need to continue this for a lifetime? Believe me, because some of you, when you get here, you're like, how many years have you guys been here and you still don't have it? I hear you, I hear you. Um, believe me, I'm still trying to get it myself. And, and, but the thing is, we're supposed to stay. We're supposed to continue to give back because we'll never be at that point where we got it. Until we die and go to heaven, we will never be at that point where we go, got it! And even then, we won't care because we'll be in heaven. It'll be awesome. It'll be phenomenal. But that's the process, is that this is for us to understand and be effective in our own life, in other people's lives, that God would use us in a way that would be phenomenal. There's another quote out of the big book, and it says this. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed, uh, we are headed for trouble if we do. 
For alcohol is a subtle foe. Pornography is a subtle foe. Drugs are a subtle foe. Codependency is a subtle foe. If we rest on our laurels, do you guys know what that means? Because I kind of did, but I was like, I don't know if I really know what it means. So literally as I was sitting down here uh, doing my last minute preps, um, I had to, I like Googled it. I was like, I got to really make sure I know what I'm talking about here. But it is to be satisfied with past success and do nothing to achieve further success. That we're just okay that we went through it once. We're just okay that we did the fourth step one time. We're just okay that we looked at our character defects and that we, we made our list that we had to make amends to and we, we were willing to do that. But uh, we're good. All done. That we would rest on those would be a great, great misunderstanding. So don't rest on your laurels because when the, the scripture would say, be careful that you don't fall. You know, that's a huge thing for us because the guy who stops going to meetings never hears what happens to the guy who stops going to meetings. Right? Thank you for laughing. Appreciate that one. I got my, I brought my own canned laughter today. It's awesome. But that's so true. I remember times I'd, I'd stop and then Scott Miller wrote me back in. There's times I have excuses time and time again. How many excuses do I have? I mean, I got a lot going on in my life. I've got a job. Granted, it's this job. So this is part of it. But then I coach football. I coach wrestling. I've got five kids and they all have their own schedules. Oh, that's a lot. It'd be nice to have a Tuesday night off and go home and relax. But I can't because I'm here because of me. I gotta be here because of me. When my wife started coming back to recovery, it wasn't because she wanted to be here to be a good support for me. She came back because she knew she needed it. She came back for herself. May you stay, not rest on your laurels, and may you be willing to not be satisfied with where you're at, but continuously desire to get better and better. Scripture would say that we would desire to become more like Jesus. I may decrease so he may increase, is what John the Baptist says, that we would be able to do that. Well, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40 says this. It says this, it says, um, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's your first thing that you're, you're, you're to do. And then you're supposed to love your neighbor. Wow. Here at Big Valley, we say love your actual neighbor, but then we would actually love the people around us. You know the people that live in the complex with you? You know the people that literally live directly next door to you? You know the people that actually live in the room, the bedroom next to you? For some of us, it's literally the person that sleeps in the same bed as us, that we would actually love them and care for them, no matter what they've done. That's hard to get to. But that's our goal, that we would be able to get to that place. This is the first and greatest commandment. That's awesome. And it says there, on these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. That means... Some what up what he's saying there. The Old Testament, 
If you're familiar with the Bible, the whole Old Testament can be summed up in this. The law and the prophets. He's saying basically, if you love God and you love people, you basically will be fulfilling the Old Testament. That we as believers in Christ would be able to come to a place and we would be able to love God and love others. Can you actually say right now that you are great in that area? I'm not. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm not. I get mad a lot. And uh, just what, how God made me. And uh, uh, it's a character defect. I keep working on it and keep surrendering it to God. And maybe one day he'll take that away from me. But it just happens. And so I try to follow him so I can uh, do the best to my ability. Another verse is this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Have you ever done that? Yeah. You look in the mirror and then you walk away and you're like, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to go back. Hold on. This morning, I tried something new. I know. I mean, I can't believe I'm going to share this, but I'm going to share it. So this morning, like I noticed last night, I could bend my mustache up. And so this morning, I was all in the mirror, and I sprayed it, and I'd walk away, and then I'd come back to the mirror just to double check and make sure it was still up. My wife got here tonight. I go, hey, is it still? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, she's like, you're a dork. I go, I know, but it's okay. It was big to me. It was big to me. And so sometimes that's what happens in our life, and that's what the process that we're going through right now is very much like a mirror. It's what is, what does your mirror consist of? What does your mirror consist of? For some, and there's a slide for that, there you go, great question. What does your mirror consist of that you look into? Hopefully it's journaling. That's the best way for us to really have that mirror in our life, is journal. Otherwise you write it on your mind and you forget it. Maybe not tomorrow, but guaranteed in a week, a month, a year, you've forgotten it. You're not going to know the day-to-day ins and outs of what's going on in your life. You may remember some traumatic issues. You may remember some big events. But to know the day in, day out of life, you're going to forget about it. But what does your mirror consist of? Well, your mirror consists hopefully of journaling. Hopefully your mirror consists of sponsorship or somebody sponsoring you. Your mirror hopefully consists of accountability, somebody that can reflect back on you like, dude, you're messed up. Thank you. I just wanted to clarify that. Yes. Hopefully large group. This is part of coming and learning and listening. Going to open share group where you get a chance to share your experience, strength, and hope, but then be quiet for 55 minutes and listen to other people's experience, strength, and hope. To remember what it was like. Remember, you guys have all had a bad haircut. <laughs> Some a little longer than others, but God, God let me have this, this bad haircut for a while. Um, but here's the deal is, for you guys... It's like having that bad haircut. We remember it. When we go to open share group, we get a chance to hear everybody share. And what's important to me is when that first time or second timer shows up and they share for the first time, I'm able to remember what it was like to walk back into that room for the very first time and remember how messed up I really was and how grateful God 
how grateful I was that God was able to help me in this journey. <gasps> Open shares that part. Even that person in your group that shares the same thing every week, and you're like, dude, <laughs> dude. Maybe God's allowing him to share the same thing every week because he's waiting for you to grasp something out of what they're talking about. You take what you want, you leave the rest. Step study. Hopefully that's been a part and giving back. Hopefully those are parts of it. Now when you journal, when you're doing your journaling, are you writing down your feelings? Feelings, nothing more than feelings, right? Hopefully if you've gone through the fourth step, you have a uh, filling inventory list that we've given you, your, your leader's given you, you're able to go through and recognize those feelings. There's a lot of feelings on that list. I did not know I had that many feelings, but I do. I just thought it was angry or happy. There's a lot more to me than just that. And I'm able to identify things. And so when, I, when stuff happens to me, I'm able to write down my feelings. If something majorly happened to, or I'm struggling, I go back to what was, what was I going through? What were my feelings before? What were my feelings after? When my sponsees relapse, I go, well, what were you feeling before your relapse? What do you mean? I'm a sex addict, so I sponsor a lot of sex addicts, and they're like, I'm horny. No, it's more than that. What were you feeling? Uh, and then they're able to put their finger on what that feeling was, and they're like, oh, I felt disrespected. Oh, I felt whatever it was that led them to that point of going back to relapse. And so... Well, what was your feelings afterwards? Oh, guilt and shame. Yeah, I can identify with that. Hopefully, if you have that accountability and that uh, sponsor in your life, maybe they've given you homework to do. Maybe you've challenged each other with stuff. Maybe you have taken the month of November to do the Spartsla challenge and you are trying to do Spartsla every day, but that they would be able to sit down and go, hey, are you doing this? Are you doing this every single day? Are you journaling? That you guys would challenge each other to do that. And then you write down any issues because if you have a life that doesn't have issues, can we trade? Um, <laughs> I have issues on a regular basis and we need to write those things down because if it's just in our mind, we just ruminate and ruminate and ruminate over them. Our past can be like a rearview mirror. Do you remember Jurassic Park? I remember when that, that first came out and I was in the theater and I was watching that movie and they're in that like all-terrain vehicle and they're cruising down the dirt path and this big old T-Rex is like chasing them and he's all, I'm gonna get you. And he doesn't really say that. And then all of a sudden they look in the rearview mirror and in the rearview mirror it says, objects look, are closer than they actually appear. And it's like, Wah! right? And it's like freaked me out and I jump and I... Oh, I can't handle that. Um, that's exactly what happens. But here's the thing. If we look in our past, if we sit there, they, are more, they affect us more than what we really believe and what we really know. They affect our day in and day out of life. Hurts from our past are there. And they're just under the surface. Just needs to be hit just the right way. My wife and I were talking yesterday about triggers. Triggers are right there. And it's tough to deal with them. So today I'm going to talk about three different mirrors for you to look into. One is this mirror. This is a compact. I've never had a compact, but I'm assuming I know what they're for. Um, 
But it's that ongoing look in your life. That checking throughout the day. You know, making sure you don't have a bat in the cave, a hanger, whatever you guys call it, right? Making sure you got that. Making sure your makeup isn't smeared. Making sure that kind of stuff. You constantly pull it out and you look at it. Same thing with our recovery, that you would check throughout the day. You had an incident. You had something come up. Something triggered you, whatever. You're able to take that look day in, day out, moment by moment as the day goes on. For me as a food addict, it's a great idea, and I'm not there yet, but one day I will be, is I'll be able to actually do that check before I eat. Sometimes I'm just ravenous, and I sit down, and I like eat, and then I go, I probably should have prayed first, and then I probably should have, Scott, you're a pastor, you don't pray before you eat. Well, I pray all throughout the day, pray without ceasing, right? But then I go, maybe I should have checked, why was I ravenous? Was it a real physical hunger? Was it an emotional hunger? What was it that was triggering me to be so stinking hungry? Because sometimes it's an emotional eating. So I need to check those things when I go to eat, when I go to put that food in my mouth. What is it for you? What do you need to check on an ongoing basis in your day-to-day life? Sometimes it's just checking in with other people, looking in that mirror, doing that. The next one is this, is that you have a daily check, that you sit down once a day, and that's that wall mirror. That's that mirror that's hanging on the wall that you check before you go out. Uh, I think I got a slide for that, right? You know, the full body mirror that you you look into and you go, I look great. Yeah, yeah. And then you walk out of the house, right? I didn't really have one of those growing up. When I got married, we had one, and I'm like, what is this? Once you all to make sure that your outfit looks good. I'm like, I just grab like jeans and a shirt and I'm good. And, and no, you got to make sure your whole outfit ensemble looks great. Ensemble. Yeah, that's how it is. And uh, I didn't realize that it was that important, but it is. It is important for us to do that daily inventory, to do that daily look into our life. Well, Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. How are your words? How are the things coming out of your mouth? Are they edifying? Are they building up? I counsel a lot of people, and it's amazing to me how many come in and what they tell me about how they speak to their spouse, and I'm like, oh, whoa. You said that? Yeah. Are the things that we're saying to our spouse, to our children, people that are closest to us, are they edifying and uplifting? Are they building them up or is it tearing them down? Something to think about and evaluate. The wise of heart is called discerning and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Proverbs 16, 21, and 23. Are the things that you're saying, are they able to persuade people to follow Christ, to do the things that they're supposed to be doing? Or are you persuading them to do the things they're not supposed to be doing? Are you that bad part of peer pressure or are you that good part of peer pressure? Are you pointing people to recovery or are you pointing people away from recovery? Sometimes, Anxiety gets in my life and it just reeks and it is wrecks havoc on me. 
Proverbs 12, verse 25 says this, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. I meet with people, I have my accountability group, one of my groups that we meet every Wednesday at lunch at Jimmy John's, and we eat there, and it's the same food. We don't go there for the food, we go there for what we do there. What we do there is we encourage each other, we listen to each other. People come in and they have anxiety. There's three of us, and we talk, and we share the things that we're anxious about. One's a business owner, one's a senior pastor, and then there's me. Exactly, right? <laughs> I know, right? I thought the same thing. And uh, <laughs> why am I here? I don't know. Um, and, uh, but I'm there and we talk and we hang out and we share the things that got us anxious, the things that are troubling us, the things that are bothering us. And we're able to sit there and really share those things. And then to see the responses at the table with those men that are able to help build us up, to make us glad, to let that anxiety go, to text us throughout the day, to text us the next day, to call us. Hey, Scott, I know you were having a tough day on Wednesday and I was just checking up on you, seeing how you're doing. That's huge. That's huge. Do you have that in your life? Do you have somebody like that? Are you that somebody in someone's life? 1 Corinthians 13, one says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Do you have love? I mean, this goes back to the Matthew passage where it says, love God, love people. Are you able to love others? Or are you just a clanging God? Do you act like a total jerk and then you preach the gospel to them? You're like, I don't know why they don't receive Christ. <laughs> Hello? Hello, right? Um, you guys all know who I'm talking about because either you're that person or you've met somebody like that, right? Because that's what happens sometimes. Are we that clanging gong? Are we a noisy cymbal? I just reversed it because my dyslexia, but you're welcome. <laughs> noisy gong or a clanging cymbal? I love gongs. I love the idea of grabbing that big mallet and boom, like that is awesome to me. But are we that to other people? I'm loud. I know I'm loud. I know I can be that noisy gong in their life. On the football field, I'm a yeller. I'm a screamer. I, I, I yell. The other night, we're at a football game and I'm coaching. And it just happened to be that the whole crowd got quiet right at this point where I was yelling. And in the headset, they were like, hey, tell so-and-so that they got to block somebody. He totally didn't block this person. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't hit anybody. The last five plays, he hasn't hit anybody. So I'm like, hey! The other team's wearing green. Hit someone in green. And everybody was quiet. And I was like, oh, dude. That was rough. That was rough. But he got it. He understood. He hit somebody in green. It was great. Still didn't win, but it was still good. It was still good that he did that. So those are some things that we need to be checking on in our daily Time that we're sitting down, we're looking at what we're doing. Are we a loving person? Are we speaking in encouragement? Are we doing those things or are we just doing our stuff? The next mirror is this, is that we do a periodic check and that would be that we would take time. Yes, you've already done your inventory. I get it. But you would take a periodic check and you'd get that magnifying mirror out. You know, my mom had one of these in her bathroom and it was like, you put your face in it. You're like, whoa, those are some huge blackheads. <laughs> right? 
And uh, you're like, what? That is gargantuan. But we got to look at that. We got to look deep into our heart, deep into our lives at least once a year to take time out, to maybe take time out twice a year, take time out quarterly. Maybe it's once a month. You got to figure out what that means in your life, but that you would go back to that. If you're going through the program and you're still giving back, maybe you're leading a step study. And I get this question all the time for people that are leaving, leading the step study. They're like, do I need to do the inventory all over again? Well, yeah, it's part of the 10th step that you would do that periodic look deep into your life and that you'd get stuff. Because I know when I go through it, I get more and more stuff out of it. That you'd magnify those things in your life and dive deeper into them. Well, those are the three mirrors. But how do we do it? What is my daily action plan for step 10? Well, we're going to be doing Spartzla, right? So let's do Spartzla. And we're going to do that. So that's, that's uh, surrender, right? Prayer, right? Or praise, right? I don't forget the Artsla. Um, <laughs> I'm already bad. Man, my ADD is gone. It's, it's on fire right now. So here, we do our Spartzla, right? We admit, right? We repent, or uh, what, what is the R? Request, right? And then we do the Thanksgiving, the T. And then the S is scripture. And the L is listen. I don't do that well, Mark. <sighs> listen. And then the A is what? Application, and that's what we're doing, application. How do we apply this to our life, right? So we go through our Spartzla. We've already talked about journaling. And then here's the thought. Read is already part of this, that uh, scripture part. But then memorize. That in your workbooks, you actually have verses in there that apply to the steps that you're working on or that you have worked. And maybe you're working on, you're struggling with surrender. You go back to that chapter and you memorize the verses that go with that. You take time to memorize scripture. Oh, I got a bad memory. You do. Okay. Well, here's the, here's a verse, right? Jesus wept. Can you all remember that? Yeah, you memorized scripture right there. You did it. Congratulations. So here's the deal. You can memorize scripture. Write it on a three by five card. My wife is big on writing things down. She says, you can't remember if you don't write them down. Write them down, three by five card, write it in your journal, put it up somewhere, say it a few times a day, pray it, do all these kinds of things to help you. Listen to the Bible, listen to the verse, record yourself saying it, listen to yourself say it over and over again. Lots of different ways to go about doing that. The next one is this, that you would work the steps. And I had one of my sponsees one time say, what do you mean by work the steps? Like, I don't get what work the steps are. Like, how do you work the steps? I'm like, Wow, we got a lot of work to do. I'm excited, but work the steps to the best of your ability. Remember, it's progress, not perfection. We're working on becoming better at them. We don't have to be, we don't have to be perfect at them. And so we would take time to do that. And the last one is this, is that you would forgive. Forgive. Resentment sets in. It is our number one offender, so we have to forgive. We have to. Paul, one of the apostles in the New Testament, uh, went to Corinth one time, and it was a church that was pretty sinful, had a lot of stuff going on, 
they had in the church in the city of Corinth, they literally had prostitutes at the temple where they would go and they would say, hey, here's my offering. I'm going to sleep with a prostitute. Weird, right? Kind of crazy stuff going on. Well, he went there. He talked to them. Well, there's still people doing some crazy stuff. And this is his response to the church of Corinth out of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And it says this. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure not to put it too severely to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote, that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ so that we should not be outwitted by Satan. If we are not ignorant of his designs. That you guys would be at that place where you guys could forgive. That you could forgive and let go of that and also offer them comfort. At this point in our program, as we're getting to steps 10, we have a pretty good solid foundation in doing the fourth step, working through our stuff. And then we have people that have hurt us and still hurt us. And so we need to be able to forgive them, to let go of it. To be able to let them deal with their stuff and we forgive for ourselves so we don't let that resentment hold deep into our heart. But also that we could also give them comfort into the fact that they know we're not angry or mad or resentful of them and allows them a door to be opened for recovery. That you'd be able to share and they would say, hey, something's changed in you. What happened? I want what you got. And then maybe they could be sitting right next to you here in recovery. (laughs) Some of you are like, nah, that ain't gonna happen. Well, maybe they could be sitting in an aisle over here if you're sitting over here, right? (laughs) But maybe they could get recovery as well. That we would be able to bring them in to Christ simply by the fact of forgiveness. Why? It says right there that we would not be outwitted by Satan. Satan knows that that resentment in our heart, that holding on to that grudge only destroys us and limits us from doing what we should be doing, limits us from growing and doing what the 10th step calls us to do, to become more like Jesus. doesn't let us grow. So I challenge you today to do an ongoing inventory, to do a daily inventory and to do a periodic inventory that when you look in the mirror, that dinosaur won't be right there ready to eat you. But instead, he will be really far away and taken care of. And that God could remove that resentment, that hurt, that pain, as far as the east is from the west. Let's stand and close our time with the serenity prayer. Mm. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I could not change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace.
this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen.